0: Hi, and welcome to episode 169 of the Untethered podcast. Today we have Dr. Stacy Whitman joining us. As a holistic oral health educator, the founder of Nopo Kids Dentistry, and the founder of Happy Floss, Dr. Stacy Whitman is on a mission to create a cavity-free world. With her extensive education in both conventional dentistry as well as functional health, Dr. Stacy is a trailblazer for holistic and preventative dentistry for both kids and adults. Quick disclaimer: all information, content, and material of this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and is for the informational purpose only and not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified healthcare provider. Welcome to the Untethered Podcast. I am your host, Hallie Balkin. I'm a certified orofacial myologist feeding specialist, and mentor. This podcast is all about getting your questions answered and collaborating with colleagues to bring you the most up-to-date information in the orofacial myofunctional therapy, tethered oral tissue, and airway space. I challenge you to keep an open mind and join my mission to get this information out to the masses. Let's get started. Stacey, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks, Hallie. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk about functional dentistry and all that, all things related. Um, this is a topic that, well, not being a dentist and, you know, I've become really passionate about because it's basically become my life mission to find functional dentists and functional practitioners in general to help a lot of the patients that we work with. So can we start there? Can you share with you know, our listeners, what you consider to be functional dentistry? Yes.
1: Great question. Um, and a common question. And again, thank you so much for the opportunity to share this info with your listeners. Uh, functional dentistry essentially like functional medicine is an approach where you look at root causes or you try to get upstream as much as possible to disease or ailments. So instead of the traditional, um, model where we are assessing end stage disease, essentially, in, in dentistry in particular, and let's say you go in and you're told you have a cavity and then you just schedule a filling appointment and you're out the door and there's really no conversation as to, well, wait a second, what went what went wrong here? And uh, we've really normalized a lot of oral health issues, I think, like bleeding gums and gum disease and cavities and bad breath and mouth breathing and all of these things are common, they're extremely common, but they aren't normal and, you know, from an anthropological evolutionary standpoint, our teeth aren't meant to break down and degrade and dissolve you know, we are supposed to be nasal breathing, our gums shouldn't be bleeding. And so functional dentistry is sitting with a patient, really taking the time to dig into their medical history, their lifestyle, their diet, you know, their sleep, all of these things, the products that they use and try to unpack what happened so that we can prevent it in the future because we know through prevention, that is how we achieve optimal health.
0: I love that you said that, that, you know, common, not normal. I say that all the time. I think I even have that like as the name of one of my modules in my Mayo course, because that's, that's such a big problem. Right. And I know for a lot of us who work towards getting down to the root cause of what's going on and kind of uprooting that so that hopefully other symptoms, you know, start to resolve. Um, I just, that whole common but not normal thing is something that I really hope kind of seeps into more conversations that people, that parents have with practitioners and practitioners have with parents uh, because there's so many things that we've quote unquote normalized that are abnormal, that are truly impacting our health. So yeah. I, really, I love yeah. that, you, that you highlighted that. Um, and I think that comes down to, what's going on in our mouth and how health starts in the mouth. And I know that you talk about, you know, the oral microbiome. Yes. Humbling over my own words today. Um, will you talk a little bit about that and how does every, I always joke and I don't think it's such a joke, but I go, our pediatric dentists are like the pediatricians of the future because uh, all our health starts in the mouth. I love that you
1: said that. Cause I feel that way, but I have a strong bias of course. Um, <laughs> health does start in the mouth it's the gateway into the body i mean we have so much immune function um, and benefit that starts in our mouth because this is a major access point to bacteria and viruses and you know molds and things to get into the body pathogens and uh, traditional dentistry is is incredibly important and i never mean to say that it isn't but we we are not taught a lot about assessing systemic health in the mouth. I mean, there's bits and pieces, but you can really dig deep and see nutritional deficiencies. Um, you can see if a patient's dehydrated, you can assess their airway, you can tell a lot about their stress level, you know, even like sleep. There's just so much, their gut health, um, and of course, you know, if we can have this snapshot into time and look inside the body from what's happening in the mouth, then we can help this patient achieve systemic health too. So uh, it is incredibly important. And the oral microbiome is a huge component of that. So many of us are familiar now with the gut microbiome and the importance of gut health. You know, that has been front and center now for over a decade. Um, and we've heard of leaky gut and, you know, gluten intolerance, like it's on people's radar, but now I'm excited that the oral microbiome is kind of stepping up front and center and we're realizing how impactful that is also on systemic health. So we do know, for example, gum disease and pathogens that are associated with gum disease and periodontal disease they can get into our bodies through leaky gums. So if your gums bleed, that is now an access point for these pathogens to get into your bloodstream and lymphatic system. And from there, they they hitch a free ride all throughout your body and end up in places they shouldn't be. And we used to think these pathogens couldn't cross the blood brain barrier. Well, guess what? They can. And so now they're being associated and tied to Alzheimer's and dementia. We used to think they couldn't affect our babies, our fetuses. Well, they can. They can get in and affect um, our pregnancies. They can re- lead to like preterm uh, birth and like low birth weights. They it can, it can affect fertility. Cardiovascular disease can be tied to gum disease, diabetes. Um, autoimmune diseases, joint issues, arthritis. I mean, the list is really going on and on, and our oral microbiome is impacting our gut microbiome. So if you are working with a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor, and you have a lot of gut issues, and you're doing all the protocols and things, but you're just not getting to the finish line, many times i say has anyone talked to you about your oral health and even in the naturopathic and functional medicine world it tends to get skimmed over definitely much less so than you know traditional conventional western medicine but um it is important to look in the mouth you know do you have gum disease periodontal disease what is your microbiome doing? And now there's, there are microbiome tests that are coming out on the market, they're usually spit tests they are doing genomic sequencing. So we're really seeing in what balance do we have beneficial bacteria, which are very important for our health, but compared to pathogenic bacteria, and it's when they're out of balance, and we have dysbiosis, uh, that things can go sideways, and then we get gum disease, and bad breath and cavities. And the big thing i like to hit home with parents too, you know, cavities aren't in your destiny, they're not in your child's destiny. I, I do hear a lot dentists say, Oh, you have soft teeth. It's genetic. But just like epigenetics, we have control over our, our our health. Okay, so just because maybe you have a family history of cavities, or maybe your teeth are undermineralized, it doesn't necessarily set you up for this future of chronic dental disease. And this is where functional dentistry comes in is we need to help support the patient to stay ahead of it. So you might need to be more on top of things with your diet and hygiene, because maybe you are more susceptible, but it certainly doesn't mean that you can't control it. And so that's a really important point. And also that cavities, they it's so antiquated to just say brush and floss more and avoid sugar. I mean. I feel so badly for all these families coming in, everyone out there that's been told this, and then you are ripping your hair out saying, I don't give my kids a lot of sugar. We do have a decent hygiene routine. They still get cavities and you feel like shamed or judged at your dental appointments, which sadly I hear happens often. Um, It is so much more than those things. It is nutritional deficiencies, fat soluble vitamins. Trace minerals. How are you breathing? Mouth breathers are at a significantly higher cavity risk than nasal breathers. And also, what is your gut health like? Um, that does impact oral health too. So, do you have gluten intolerance or celiac? Um, how is your salivary content? Do you have like Sjogren's disease? You know, all of these things tie into oral health. So, to just say brush floss and donate candy bars is really missing a majority of issues and the real thing is if a patient is let's say vitamin d deficient or let's say they're trace mineral magnesium deficient by helping a patient get to optimal levels to achieve better oral health you are helping their systemic health too tremendously you're going to help their sleep and their mood and their immune health so it is all connected and Unfortunately, dentistry went one way, and medicine went the other way, and that's a whole other podcast why that happened, but we're trying to get the mouth back into the body, and we're trying to educate patients that it is important to focus on oral health, and I, I agree with you, I think besides gut health, I really do think it is paramount, it's the center of our health, um, because it is the gateway into our body.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and I love this is, this is so informative. I'm sitting here like taking notes on things (laughs) you're sharing too. Um, in terms of like remineralizing, right. Mm -hmm. And or reversing cavities to a certain extent, like what can parents do beyond, you know, obviously going to a biological dentist and, and the, you know, the traditional advice they get, um, are there certain other things? Like, for example, my family uses a certain toothpaste is supposed to help remineralize, remineralize your teeth and we'll like leave it on, our yeah. teeth instead of like rinsing it off at the end after we're done like we spit it gotcha. out but then we leave it on our teeth we don't rinse um so do you have suggestions is that like one of them
1: yes great you're you are on to something there um so i want to preface this as saying if you've been told cavities can't arrest which means stop or reverse or remineralize uh that is not true so i see it every day in my practice it's what i'm known for people come and see me for this however you do need to catch the cavities very early they really need to still be in the enamel or maybe just barely through the enamel and in a lot of times it'll be more successful um, in baby teeth in that situation so my point is you really do need to work with the dentist i don't recommend just doing this on your own at home because your child may have a huge cavity that's approaching the nerve. And that is a situation where these protocols they really won't work. I mean, I, I will be honest. There's some outliers where I've seen some arrest. You don't see you. You won't ever regrow the tooth. But I have seen arrest in some extreme cases. Um, but I don't suggest trying it without the supervision of a well-trained functional or biological dentist. Um, I have an entire protocol at my office that that I implement, and it is bio individual. So that is the thing, just like everything in um, traditional medicine seems to be like one size fits all, here's your diagnosis, here's your medical code, here's your prescription, bye, I'll see you in a year. Well, that doesn't work for everyone. We're all different. I mean, even in, within a family, we are different. And so when I create my remineralization or caries arrest protocols, it is tailored for the individual. But generally, we need to understand what is the real root cause, right? So very often it can be mineral or nutrient or vitamin deficiencies. So we want to be working with a naturopathic doctor, ideally getting tests done so we know where we're starting with and trying to get that child up to optimal levels. So that is a starting point, but also if they're mouth breathers. So we need to get that under control too. So we work with myofunctional therapists we work with ENTs, we work with early functional orthodontists to try to see like why is the child mouth breathing. You know, I make the diagnosis and then we refer out and have a collaborative approach there. And that's a whole other tangent too that we can talk about. But um, because you can do a lot of these protocols, but if your child is still mouth breathing every night while they're sleeping, it's not going to be successful. Mouth breathing, changes the microbiome it creates dysbiosis and it lowers the pH in our mouth which means it's acidic and we know acid equals disease okay so we want neutral or alkaline pHs ideally um so on top of that, we use a lot of ozone gas in my office. So ozone is a very potent antimicrobial, antibacterial, antifungal, um, and it will essentially kill pathogenic bacteria in the mouth. So it just helps jumpstart this process of getting us from dysbiosis back into homeostasis. That um, you do need to be working with a dentist that offers that. You can't, I don't suggest use ozone gas in the mouth. At, home but there are ozonated oils that you can purchase too and you can apply those directly to the cavity um, so that's part of our protocol and so whether they're in between the teeth and we put the ozone oil on the floss or we use like a little micro brush and scrub it into the tooth and then um, hydroxyapatite is a really important component as well that is found in some toothpaste out there right now Boca, risewell um, wellness have some we have to be a little careful to make sure they have a high enough concentration but those are some that i do i do like and i promote um but hydroxyapatite essentially is like a calcium and a a phosphate a phosphorus and so it's it's a um mineral And it's what's in our enamel already, so hydroxyapatite comprises about 97% of our enamel, about 60% of our bone. And so now there's a lot of data and research to show it is a fluoride replacement. It's working as well as fluoride, if not better. It's non-toxic. We're not worried about neurotoxicity. It's safe to swallow. And as you mentioned, um, and this is with all toothpaste, we don't need to rinse our toothpaste off you should be brushing spitting and then leaving the toothpaste on your teeth and so i do t- do tell parents if there is a cavity i like them to even put extra so just kind of slather it on there or put it on your floss and get it up in there and don't rinse with water just have your child go to bed um so that's part of the protocol too um there is homeopathy that you can use like cell salts and things i mean there's really a lot but Again, I I have to tailor that to the individual, and and diet is is a big component too. So, how frequently is your child eating? Are they grazers? Do they snack all day? Do they sip on juice all day, or or even like something you wouldn't think of like kombucha, which we think is healthy, or even carbonated waters? They're altering everything we put in our mouth, changes the microbiome. Except, you could argue maybe just plain still water but even that i mean structurally it's really hard to find net neutral not dead water um or like bottled water that has some sort of um altered ph to it so just think everything you put in your mouth is changing your microbiome it's changing your ph and so we do want kids eating on a schedule and all of these things apply to adults too of course but you do, you want to be eating ideally every two hours so it gives your mouth a chance to rest and it gives your saliva a chance to neutralize and to raise the ph and so all those healthy enzymes and ions can work to naturally remineralize your teeth um, but also we, we suggest uh being mindful of our snack choices and so so many kids are eating fermentable carbohydrates, and that those feed our pathogenic bacteria. And so what are fermentable carbohydrates? An easy way to think about it is crackers, pretzels, chips, granola bars, fruit snacks, fruit leathers, all of these things, and of course candy bars and soda and juice, sports drinks, all of these things that, you know, especially those initial snack foods like crackers and pretzels, we're kind of thinking as parents like those are kind of healthy snacks they're on the go i'm busy but in reality they do stick in your teeth they feed pathogenic bacteria and they can lower ph and they act a lot like sugar in the mouth so i'm not an all or none i you know we are in modern society and we are busy and we need uh real attainable tips and tricks but i just like parents to be mindful that these things do cause cavities so when you're giving them to your child you're aware of it and knowing that that can impact them as well and then i have a little parent hack so um, if your child is eating crackers and pretzels and chips after offer them some water or offer them a slice of apple or a carrot or a piece of cheese because those things as you chew that crunchy carrot or that apple it's going to help get the crackers off the teeth It's gonna help create salivary flow, help rinse the teeth and cleanse the teeth. Cheese is also very neutralizing. Um, So, those are just little tips, but parents always say, Well, what snacks do I give my kids? That's all they'll eat. Um, You know, the first thing is try not to offer them a lot, try not to bring a lot of those things into the home. But if we do have them, you know, try to make sure we have veggies and fruits and nuts and seeds. I say olives and pickles and meat. Um, seaweed snacks are great, you know, those things that come from the earth um and not from a factory, those things won't cause cavities. You know, if you eat too much fruit, I suppose it's an issue, but I like to focus again on realistic attainable things. So fruit is fine, but you know, trying to incorporate in some of these whole foods into your child's diet and being more consistent with that and and giving it time, it can take time if they're a big cracker kid to get them to eat like veggies and hummus. But you just keep you keep at it You keep offering um and chipping away at it. But just again, knowing that those foods can cause a lot of cavities. And so that's a big part of our protocol is assessing the diet because diet really is so foundational for health.
0: Yeah, and I mean this. This is speaking to my pediatric feeding specialist heart right now, um, because I really look at the myo component, the oral tether- tissue component, and I'm actually in a homeopathy course right now as well. So I'm now oh, cool. coming at it from like different angles. So you brought that up, and I was like, yes, I love that you use homeopathy for patients too. Um, yeah. But I- oh, and tongue
1: tie. I mean, that's it. Sorry to interrupt. But like, no, go ahead. That if your tongue is, if your child is tongue tied. They're at cavity risk too often. and some in lip tie too, um, your tongue does so much cleansing of your teeth for you. The next time you eat a bunch of crackers, I want you to really think about what your tongue is doing. and I want you to really feel how those crackers stick in your teeth. I mean, it's it's pretty overwhelming. i I, I don't eat crackers because it drives me bonkers because I hate having things in my teeth but they're all in the crevices and grooves and they're in between your teeth. But then think about what your tongue does to clean it. And then imagine if your tongue can't move, yeah. it can't clean your teeth. So the crackers are just sitting there all day. And then especially maybe if we have an okay hygiene routine, like not the best, because a lot of kids don't love brushing and flossing. Um, you know, So looking at uh, tethered oral tissues is really important important and then you know lip tie it can keep the lip down and you know liquids and things can build up it's a cleansability issue sometimes on the upper of the upper teeth um so it's incredibly important so myofunctional assessments are also part of my uh protocol and and again trying to get to the root cause so there's a lot that goes into it and so our office we book quite long appointments it's not your traditional pediatric dental office where it's sort of like 30 minute appointments, turn and burn, you're in and out. It's like a whirlwind, you barely speak to the doctor. Our patients are there for quite a long time and um, they get a lot of education, but because of that, we, we're seeing really incredible outcomes for these kids, which is very Exciting. rewarding professionally. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have two two different topics that came to mind because I was just at the dentist and they were checking like my sealants and you know he did a whole like 40 minute exam on me because so it was a new dentist down here that we're going to. Um, so sealants, right? Cause I know that that, like I had sealants put on my molars when I was probably like 12, I don't yeah. know, whatever age I was. And I, and I guess some of them are still in place. I think I've only ever had one true cavity that was filled. And <clears throat> Great. do you have any thoughts on sealants? Like, are they a yay or a nay or a? <laughs> um, i I'm a yay
1: if they're done properly. So that's the caveat. The the data is very solid that sealants do prevent decay in the chewing surfaces of our teeth. You can't deny the data. I'm concerned more about materials, especially as more is coming out about microplastics and BPA and phthalates and all of these things. So it's not to create like fear. But I do think we should be having the conversation about it and being mindful about it. And I'm a big advocate for just minimizing exposures. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are really clean materials out there right now. So the concern with sealants is number one, you don't want to seal a cavity or bacteria underneath it. And you don't and you need to be mindful of the materials. So the way that we do them is we have a tool that assesses for cavities. It's like a little camera that we use. And if we do see the indication that there's bacterial activity, um, we'll use my laser and kind of clean it out. And then we use ozone gas, so we're really disinfecting that surface, and then I use a ceramic-based material. So that is a pretty atypical technique. (laughs) Um, I'm hoping more and more dentists will adopt this. To me, I think one of the most important procedures we do in a dental office day to day is a sealant. Unfortunately, sealants are often considered like a turn and burn procedure where the dentist isn't doing it, an auxiliary team member is doing it. They're kind of rushing through it just to slap them on there. It's, it's a big moneymaker for dental practices. I don't mean every practice is this way, but it is. it, it does happen. So um, just ask the right questions. I have an article actually that I wrote all about sealants. It's, it's many, many pages long if you want to deep dive on it. And you yeah. can find it on Ask the Dentist. Mm-hmm. Um, if you search Ask the Dentist, sealants, that article that pops up is, is something I wrote. So that being said, I put sealants on my kids' teeth um, because I believe in my technique. And also, I'd like to point out, like right now, I have a lot of control over my kids' diet. They are six and eight. I will not always have control over them. They are going to hit middle school and they're going to hit high school. And I am sure they're going to be consuming things that if I knew about it, I would be very stressed out about. This is reality of life, right? Right, right. The, The hope is they go through that phase, they sow their oats and then they come back to a healthier lifestyle into adulthood because I have set a solid foundation in their formative years. That being said, I want their teeth as protected as possible while they're potentially experiencing you know things that I wouldn't necessarily be feeding them right now so um, and then of course hygiene will change and things of that nature too so I'm pro sealant with some um stipulations
0: I guess yeah I love that. And I love the I love your use of ozone because my biological yeah. dentist up north uses ozone and yeah. it's just, I've learned so much about it and it's, it's just a very cool thing. I know you also have to be very careful. You really need to be trained in how to use it and yeah. it's something that they had a lot of training on and have very nicely integrated into their practice. So it's I the love best thing about it. I yeah. have added to my practice in 15 years.
1: Ozone wow. is the wave of the future for any naysayers out there, they do not understand it. They have not even read about it. I guarantee you it is. There's so much research to support it. If you use it clinically for one day, you are going to see the benefits. And it is a very easy thing to add to a practice, to be honest with you. You do have to be careful. It's only because you don't want to directly inhale it. It's an irritant. You'll start coughing. We've never had that happen. I mean, it's, it's not. A big deal, you know. It it just takes a little mindfulness. There's a lot of things we do in dentistry that you have to be careful with, right? So, it's no different than placing a filling. You can't have a child uh, breathe in or swallow or um, asphyxiate on like filling material. You know, it, I wish more dentists used it. So, um, keep spreading the word about ozone. And yeah. if you are in an area. And you have a dentist down the street who's using ozone, I would go see them. It, it can help so much with gum disease and periodontal disease and cavity prevention. Um, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. I've, I like went on this whole research, you know, just reading everything I could get my hands on with it and discovered that the company that I was buying the infrared sauna from had an ozone machine that people use like it's like a 100 bucks or something but you it has a tubing that's meant for cleaning like vegetables you can make your own distilled water like yeah yeah. for you know nasal rinses and whatever and I was like oh my gosh like I've fully gone down the rabbit hole now here we go
1: (laughs) oh I love it for sinus stuff because I'm I'm a uh sinus impacted in person like i have a lot of sinus issues so i use it a lot the ozonated water or i'll use you know you can use um insufflation you make you run it through olive oil and it creates an ozonide, and so then it's safe to breathe in oh it is if you have sinus issues find someone using ozone game changer promise you <laughs> i
0: love it i love it all right and my other thing that i thought about and i know this is more like adult directed than peds but you had mentioned you know something actually we talk about a lot with you know is your child a grazer how frequently Mm -hmm. do they eat are they eating meals or snacks like what you know so when it comes to frequency of eating like I've done intermittent fasting in the past and looking actually Mm -hmm. to get back into it because I kind of fell off the bandwagon with it Um, but I did it for like a couple years and just never felt better and also cut out gluten and that whole thing Um, Mm -hmm. which gluten I haven't had in like a couple years three years or so now but at least, not intentionally. Um, what is your thought on like inter- intermittent fasting, and you know, benefit? Are there benefits to oral health? Does that harm oral health? Like, what is? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm an intermittent faster for sure. Here's the thing with intermittent fasting: it again, it's bio individual. So when you go online in these blogs, and it's like you should do 16 hours a day that's cool, but that's not for everyone. You need to listen to your body. And especially I think women, it's very different. We're hormonally different. We're biologically different, especially when we have our cycle. Um, Everything's different. So don't just listen to bloggers. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen to your body. But I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of intermittent fasting and I do it and I've done it for years and years and years and years um I do think we just eat too much (laughs) um and especially if you focus a lot on gut health we need to let the gut rest also um I'm I also really look at ancestral our ancestors and like evolution and like how frequently do we think we were eating then I mean we just didn't have access to like endless amounts of food like we have now So again i i I suggest playing around with it you know listen to your body see what resonates with you um but of course just like resting your gut is important resting your mouth is important too we're not meant to have food or drinks in our mouth all day long every day we're we're just not equipped for that we that is not how we evolved so if you're doing that you every time you put something into your mouth besides water the ph drops it is part of the digestive process so you go from a neutral ph to an acidic ph so if you are snacking grazing sipping because that is a big issue is what you're drinking and people don't realize how much uh, sugar and calories and just consumption is happening through liquids um especially with like some of these corporate coffee places, right? That are Mm -hmm. really affecting human health in my opinion. But anyway, um, so every time you're drinking or eating, your, your mouth is acidic. So if you're doing that all day, you're in a constant state of acidity. And so that your teeth can't keep up with that. No amount of hydroxyapatite toothpaste, no amount of ozone is going to be able to combat that. So you have to, if you want true optimal oral health and gut health, because it's connected, You have to make some lifestyle changes and um that can be hard for people and if you are really struggling i suggest working with like a functional nutritionist or a health coach um because sometimes you you just need a little accountability or some guidance or some motivation but i I, the to answer your question i'm i'm very pro intermittent fasting you know whatever you want to call it um intuitive eating i mean whatever people call it i know it's so controversial I wish that food just wasn't so controversial. Uh, I have strong opinions about some of these things too, but I—I I mean, I am a big believer of listening to your body, but also using biology and biochemistry and science It's part of that, you know. And I don't think humans are meant to be eating all day long every day. At will, you know, I, I yeah. think we need to have more structured eating. So,
0: yeah, yeah. well, and I, I mean, you touched on one of my other favorite topics to talk about, which is basically how the United States treats food or <laughs> fails to, <laughs> yeah, if you will. I mean, it's, it, you know, and the interesting thing too, which I, I don't like politics, but all of a sudden we have all these factories that are just catching fire, like one after another, after another, It's just so amazing. Like, why, are this, why is this happening? But I think it, you know, it really comes back to, you know, this whole non-GMO, organic, if we can get things straight from a farm um, versus factory, you know, factory farm, farm farm-raised fish. And I don't mean like farm, you know, when I say from the farm, I mean like organic, actual farmers who are growing their own produce, raising their own cattle, you know, creating their own products to the extent that they can because I also understand that down the street you may have farms that are not doing all of this and who may have other, you know, things going into their soil that can affect adjacent farms
1: but Oh man, you hit the nail on the head. So if you're familiar with Dr. Zach Bush, he speaks to this a lot. So he, he theorizes I could not agree more. The true root of all of our chronic illnesses is from what we've done to our soil and the microbiome of our soil, yeah. because that's where we're getting our microbiome and our nutrition and our bioavailability and da 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 da. From we've trashed our soil yeah. through all these fertilizers and stripping and how, monocropping and all of this stuff, right? So that's why I'm I am a big advocate for regenerative farming. I am a big advocate to buying local supporting your local farmer know where your food comes from um it's it's you can't do it all the time but it's important and and again i don't i i wish there was a way i could talk to every human on this planet and just sit with them and say please stop having anxiety this isn't about fear you need to find balance but it acknowledges power okay and i will say i don't feel our government or the food industry has our back in this realm at all. It's, it's so complicated. It's so multi-layered there's lobbies, there's, it's very powerful. There's so much money and big food and essentially that ties into big pharma. And yeah. it's unfortunate <laughs> <favorite> when, topic. <laughs> when you start talking about these things, it's unfortunate because people are like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's not about that at all. Uh-huh. And, I think some of it's just business. It's just capitalism, right? But you need to be mindful of it. It doesn't mean you need to participate in that. And you do need to be aware of what's in your food. Mm -hmm. Start reading ingredients, you know, start asking these questions. For me, my health is everything. It's the most important thing in my life. I would give up everything else as long as I had my health um and that doesn't resonate with everyone and so I think people in the health and wellness world though that is really paramount to them and foundational but to me I know everything I put into my body is leading me toward health or potentially disease and so I'm very mindful about that now does that mean I ha don't have a piece of chocolate cake of course I do because that's also finding balance and enjoying life and But you'll find as you cut some of these foods out, if you reintroduce them, they don't taste the same. They kind of taste fake or plasticky or gross or chemically. And so, you know, it's just taking little baby steps to get back toward um, foundational eating habits, which I think is, is getting back to eating things that come from the earth. You know, that's what I try to teach the kids things that come from a farm and not a factory essentially right so um i think it, it's never too early to start teaching your kids i teach my girls to look at ingredient lists we don't talk about calories ever we don't talk about weight ever we talk about ingredients and, and, and just in a very casual way like oh hey look at this Look at these ingredients i can't really even say these do you know what these are could we go to the store right now and buy these ingredients you know my girl's like i don't even know what that is i was like i don't either what aisle would that be in i don't where what aisle would that be in and you know my almost nine-year-old's like it's a chemical mom i'm like (laughs) well okay so where would we get that and she's like i don't know you know it's just you know it's just teaching them and teaching them to listen to their bodies i think We've forgotten to listen to our bodies and some of us are so inflamed and so um, consumed with these sugars and these you know uh, these seed oils and things like we've we've forgotten what it feels like to feel healthy yeah. and and so once you get there, like really just listen to your body. And so I, that's what I'm trying to teach my kids. like if you yeah. eat something and now you have a stomach ache, I wonder why. Was it because of all the sugar? Was it because of the blue food dye that was in there that I was like, like, oh my gosh, you're eating this like <laughs> so blue cupcake? I know, but I, but I let I let them do it at yeah. birthday parties and things because they yeah. have to have these experiences themselves, yeah. and then very often they will have a stomach ache that night, and we'll talk about it, and and then I find the next time they don't they don't eat as much of the blue cupcake, mm-hmm. and then the next time they actually pass on the blue cupcake so you know you just you're just a guide in your child's life and you do have to sometimes be a silent observer and let them figure it out for themselves but for you as an individual your health is extremely important too and so really trying to listen to your body is so important
0: i i appreciate this i love this conversation it's it, i laughed one day because my daughter who's in first grade. And so everything was shut down with the pandemic up north. She, I homeschooled her for kindergarten. They actually like didn't even open up our schools until like a month before the end of the school year. So she really, you know, she hadn't had all these different experiences. And she came home at the beginning of this school year down here in Florida. And she was like, mom, like, what's McDonald's? (laughs) And I was like, whole conversation. And she goes, yeah, you know, this child said in my, I don't want to say his name. in my class said, um, it's not real food. And I, so we had a whole conversation about it and, um, and she said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not real food either because my mom only gives us real food or something. And I was just like, well, that made my heart happy to at least know that she could have like some of a, com- somewhat of a conversation understanding, like we eat fruits and vegetables. And of course my kids do eat some sugar and they, yeah. like I let them eat things at birthday parties yeah. and you know, it's all a balance yeah. because, yeah. But, you know, I remember I started being like really crazy with like eating organic and non-GMO and really watching what I was putting in my body before I got pregnant through all of my pregnancies and ever since. Yeah. And I basically joked to my husband who would complain about our grocery bills, uh, <laughs> shopping at Whole Foods, he would be like, you know, this is like skyrocketed. And I'm like, do you want our kids to be smart or not? And like, I say that as a joke, and I don't mean that to shame anybody or anything like negative. I just used to kind of use it as a reason to like get him because for him intelligence and doing well in school and, you know, that that's what he identifies with. So I knew it would just get him to get off my back about the the grocery bills. Um, but I think it's become a bit easier to eat healthier honestly, in some areas, especially straight to the farms and cheaper even when you go straight to that source as well. So there's, there are ways. Yeah,
1: Yeah. you'll save money and it's not attainable for everyone. I mean, it's, it, I hope there's a shift. Like I hope that these foods can become more accessible for everyone. Right. But, um, it's, it's just little tweaks and changes that can have profound impact. Just a little more water every day, just you know, going out for a walk, getting sunlight, prioritizing sleep, um, affect changing the way you're breathing, trying to eliminate stress, less screen time, less social media, less news. Like all of those things do impact our health too. But you know, it's a personal decision. But to me, you know, and and I think a lot of people in holistic health or functional health, they've almost everyone has a story, like an aha moment. For me, it was watching my mother pass from cancer, Mm -hmm. and she was very young; she was fifty-six years old, and it was very impactful in my life. And a lot of it was environmental Mm -hmm. and her choices in life, and. Um, I don't believe we're, we're meant to thrive. Humans are meant to thrive. And so to me, my health is, is absolutely the forefront of my wellness and my life desires. And so if I, if it means spending a little bit more in food and I sacrifice a weekend trip or a new pair of shoes or a fancy purse or whatever it is, I will, or getting my nails done or that coffee at, you know the corporate american coffee place i'll make my own coffee instead i will do all those things and um sometimes it takes a while to get there and it's a slow movement but um steps and choices baby steps and choices yeah yeah
0: yeah no i completely resonate with that and i've definitely over the years like slowly like one step at a time evolved into where we are now. And I still have more evolving to do. So I, I completely oh, resonate with that. And I always say to people, if you're interested in that, just make one change, figure yeah. out one change to make today, this week. And then from there, you can start to, because it can be so overwhelming. And, you know, we have enough on our plates as ready as
1: I will tell you and- <laughs> three of the easiest, I think some of the easiest things to do that will have the most profound benefits. Yes. Drink more water. Prioritize sleep. Get on a very solid sleep schedule. Really shoot for seven to eight hours a night. I mean, prioritize that. Get off your scrolling of social media because that's such a time suck. I, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, yep. it's like you know nine o'clock. I go to bed early. It's nine o'clock, and I'm like, I want to be in bed at nine ten. All of a sudden, it's like nine forty. I'm like, what? What, what have I been doing? I mean, it's just such a waste. So. Get get off that habit and then floss your teeth. I can't emphasize floss I did, didn't mention this earlier. Floss. I would choose flossing over brushing any day of the week. Gum health is so important as we spoke to earlier um, in our talk. You know, leaky gums, periodontal disease, and most cavities we see they're between the molars. Like get into a good flossing routine, those three things: water, sleep, flossing,
0: boom. You'll you'll it. be healthier in, in, in no time. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been yes! awesome. I know we could talk for days thank on these you, topics. Oh, <laughs> no, it's an honor. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll chat soon.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you wanna hear more of these Myo Tots, Airway, and Feeding related episodes, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash the untethered podcast. If you found value, others you know in this space will too. So be sure to share this episode on your social media platforms. Join us over on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Hallie Balkan Biz, on Instagram at, at Hallie Balkan. And you can head over to the theuntetheredpodcast.com to grab a copy of the show notes, um, where you can also subscribe to be kept up to date on the latest podcast episodes.